Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Kia ora, very good morning everyone. Welcome in to Trot's Talk uh, here on SENZ, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand, hrnz.co.nz. We thank them for their continued support of the show. Michael Guerin uh, wrapping up a Royal Ascot this week, so uh, another week without uh, the man they call the brand, but he will be back. I think he's still a couple of weeks away from... Uh, uh, making another appearance on the show. What have we got coming up on the show for you today? Well, the first thing, you can win a $50 bonus bet, courtesy of our friends at the tab. Code word today, we're racing at Addington Raceway, 10 race program, as you know, double headers uh, for the next couple of months at Addington, but it is the National Amateur Drivers' Championship. So the code word today is amateur, and if you're like me, hmm, it's quite a hard word to spell. We don't really care how you uh, put it or text it through to us, but if it looks something like amateur, A-M-A-T-E-U-R, if you want to know how to spell it properly, then producer dude Robbie will uh, go through those. But why don't you tell Robbie why you deserve the $50? Maybe you lost if you backed the Chiefs last night, but we won't go into that in too big a detail today because this is a harness racing show. So code word amateur, double eight double three, your name, your TAB account number, and someone will be the recipient of that $50 bonus bet. Speaking of amateurs, we'll speak to one of those participating, uh, Kevin McClintock, the man they call Chunky. We'll have a yard to him about his career in harness racing and what chance he has today of making some ground. He's a wee way off the lead. In the Southern Man segment, Robbie Close is one of the favourites for the Drivers' Challenge today, and uh, he has a good book of drives, so we'll have a chat to him. Kyle Cameron has a couple of decent chances too. And we'll talk to Hannah Doney from uh, Stables to Stirrup, more about that uh, shortly, basically rehoming of retired racehorses, standard breeds. So we'll have a chat to her, and Matt Peden will wrap out the show for us later on, talking all things odds, where's the money going today, and uh, looking into the future. few news headlines for you, though. Carla's Pixel, the outstanding uh, Victorian race mare, Philly and mare, was sold uh, during the week for a record on Gavel House of $300,000 for a brood mare, so uh, great work by the NZB team there. Uh, passed away during uh, the, the last week or so, uh, passing away was Tony Dickinson. He's the man behind the Alter prefix by uh, the horses that he bred. Uh, horses like Alter Serena, who finished second in the New Zealand Cup, Alter Maestro, Alter Orlando, Alter Cristiano, all of those things. Uh, so condolences uh, to the wider Dickinson family there. Ben Hope had his first winner. He's in Australia at the moment, uh, working for Brent Lilly. That was on Thursday night with Kai Valley Paint. And last night, plenty of action all across Australia. Melton Queen Elida continued on her winning way. Big day for Tony Barron, who won the last race at Rickerton as an owner as well. Our final collect was successful at Melton 2. That's three in a row these days trained by Lance Justice, formerly in the All-Stars team, of course. Menangle, Spirit of St. Louis. He'll be heading to the Constellations, where he finished second last year in the Blacks of Fate. In behind, Majestic Cruiser beat Typo. And South Coast Arden, who was very brave, parked out. They went 151 over the mile there. And it was a big night at Redcliffe. Let's go back and have a listen to the Cup and find out what happened there. Down the back straight. 
Better Zip It out in front. Then can they catch Better Zip It? Better Zip It leads the way. LL Cool J moving up on the outside. Loyalist racing third. 1-1 one, one, make mine Memphis. Hot and treacherous deeper making his move. Northview Hustler held up the inside. Next Manila Playboy. He worked one off, but he's in heavy traffic. Governor Juge on its Mr. Clooney. Max Shard, Tim's a trooper. Colt 31, third quarter. 28-1. Trainers got them stacked up at the turn. They straight now. Better Zip It leads the way. Loyalist to the outside. Better Zip It, Loyalist. Better Zip It, Loyalist. Better Zip It, Loyalist over the top. Loyalist takes the cup. Seaton Grimer in the hot seat. And it's Loyalist for the Redcliffe Cup. Beating home. So, Loyalist uh, beating Better Zip It. Both expat Kiwis. Loyalist trained here in New Zealand uh, by the Hopes uh, out there at Wood End Beach. Goes past 200,000, win number 11 in his career. Brilliantly away from a stand for Seaton Grimmer, who is a Grimer, who's a junior driver and biggest race success for him. Jason Grimson trained and better zip it, who won the Nullarbor, of course, about three starts back in second. Also trained by Grimson and driven by Jack Trainer. So Loyalist beating better zip it last night in the Redcliffe Cup. They now head to Albion Park as the Constellation Carnival continues and many of those raiders from Victoria, Sydney and further afield will be honing in on the Sunshine State. Carla Jane was also a winner there last night and in third was Manhattan who was outstanding in her Australian Day booze. Looking forward to who are continuing on towards the Golden Girl in about three weeks' time. Rock and Roll Hammer won the derby. Of course, he's a three-quarter brother to King of Swing last night. That's enough about Australia for now, because it's a pleasure to welcome to the show the man they call Chunky, Kevin McClintock, who's part of the Amateur Drivers Challenge that's been this week, the National Championships. Uh, morning to you, Kev. Yeah, good morning, Greg. Thanks so much for your time, mate. Really good to catch up with you on SENZ Trots Talk. Before we get into the series that you're part of now, this harness racing game's been part of your life pretty much all your life. Yeah, yeah, all in different, uh, all in different facets of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, you could, you could say that for sure. Uh, these days, uh, you work at Addington Raceway of, as part of the, the ground staff, the track crew there. Talk me through some of your duties before we go back and find out where this passion from Harness came from. Well, yeah, the, the game's a great leveller. I could tell you, at 7.30 tomorrow morning, I'll be, I'll be shoveling out the urinal. So, you know, you can be high one day and low the next, but it, it doesn't matter. You're all part of a team and the jobs have got to get done. The, um, you know, and... and uh, as people that know me, like uh, if I'm doing a job, I'll do it the best I can, the hardest I can go at it, and if it's not perfect, then I want to know why. Yep, well, you work under John Denton, who's regarded as the best track man in the land, so uh, I'm sure there's a whole lot of fun alongside some hard work, and obviously Cup Week is the biggest week of the year, but I suppose it's as, well, it's not as busy, but it's pretty busy at the moment, racing twice a week at Addington for you guys. Yeah, 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 it is. Yep, John's John's got us all sorted on on roster. So, but um, we got uh, good guys there and, and good machinery. And then, uh, like he he's uh, I, I call him Doctor John because he can he can fix any problem that we have there. And uh, what he can do with with a track and the material, he's been doing it for a long time. He's he's got his materials for different tracks around the country and. Um, for the climates and things like that, and um, yeah, it, it, it's 
it's a, it's an opener to actually work on it and see how the track can change with the conditions and um, how you know parent safety is paramount for the animal first and um, you know vision for the drivers on wet nights and things like that. So there's all all variables that come into it. So um, yeah, no, no, it's great. It's great to be there and, and with him. And then um, we have a yarn. You know, we 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 got a lot of history together. We're all the same age and. Um, We've all seen the same horses that we all think were, you know, the best we ever saw and people as well. 42 years ago, you drove your first winner, Cambridge, Rosemount. Can you remember the day? I can. I can. Matter of fact, fact, there's a pit photo hanging on the wall of my hands here. You never forget, and why it's there is um, because you never forget where you start out and you never forget, you know, the momentous occasions for different little things, you know. I know it was a junior driver's race. I can remember I was in the trail. I followed um, Gary Jones, and he was driving one for Graham Ricks and um, got off his back and and um, just sort of got up alongside and won it, you know. And it was um, it was a great thrill because that was for the runnings. And um, I uh, left Christchurch, left, home, left, you know, the Carmen Road Academy of Hornby High School and... and uh, end of the year and uh, had Christmas at home and had New Year's Day up there carting hay on the farm at Pukikawa with old Eric and, and Bruce and the boys and um, yeah, you, you, you know, it was a good time, it was a learning time, it was a hard time but it was a great, you know, it was a great time, yeah, but that, that's how long ago it was, yeah. 16th of September it was, I think you drove 9 or 10 winners uh, here in New Zealand and your most recent winner uh, was evidently uh, the 26th, I think it was, of March at the Waimati meeting. But in between times, you spent a bit of time in the States. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, well, after, yeah, well, I was in Australia first. Um, there was, uh, you know, they had a, ser- a junior driver series here, and um, I won a couple of heats. And then I, I missed out in the, in the final, and um, the, the trip was to Australia. And um, well, I forget who, who went. And they come back and they'll tell them all about it. And then I had an auntie and uncle that had moved to the Gold Coast. So I went for a holiday and, and then we went down to Tweed Heads to watch the races. And I thought, gee, this looks pretty good. Even though it's a small track, it was a half-mile track. And I thought, well, this looks pretty fun. And um, I came back and then I was at the time, well, Bruce had given up training, Bruce running. And um, he was concentrating on the big farm they had at Pukikawa and and um, I was at the time I was working for Tony Perisic at Pukekohe, and um, you know when you're a, that was that was great. You know you're a Pukie boy, so um, you know you got plenty of chances. And um, then yeah, so I, I had a trip to Aussie, and um, come back, and then talking to John Devlin one day, and he had a horse going over to a fellow McMullen, and he said, "Would you take it?" And I said, "Oh, I'll go and look after it, yeah, and have a couple of weeks." Well, I only packed one bag, and um, I never come back. So, <laughs> how long were uh, you over there, mate? Well, I had had like six or eight months in Brisbane, and then uh, John McMullen he said, "Well, you're from New Zealand, you don't mind cool weather. I'll send you to New York." I thought, "Oh, how good's this? You know, you're young, dumb, and um, full of testosterone. You're going to hit hit New York. Well, this will be great." But I didn't realise how cold it was going to be. It was right. brutal, and. Um, so we end up going to the guy Mike Gagliardi, and um, he had a had a big farm not far from Freehold, 
and there was 42 horses there in the barns and all the grooms and that, and that was that was great, um, you know, as cold and all that as it was, but that that was um, a great a great learning curve. You're going to the Meadowlands, you know, three or four times a week, um, and they asked and Mike asked me if I'd like to go up there and warm the horses up on race night, and I thought, oh, how cool is this? You know, like, you know, you know, within 12 months I'd gone from Pukekohe to to the Meadowlands, and you you just can't believe it at the time, and you everything happens around you, and because you're young, you really don't you know absorb it all because it's it's all just new and great, and um, but I started once I settled a bit, and then got to learn the people and the ways, you know, you, you, what you can learn off them is just unbelievable. You know, you could go sit in a blacksmith shop at the farm and he had an Italian blacksmith and he was in his 70s and what he could do with the shoeing steel of making shoes and, um, you know, just the shapes and the different um, weight and the half swedge, full swedge, how they how they made the shoes and how they made the shoes to fit the foot, not made the foot to fit the shoe, you know, and yep. um, all all that, 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 it became technical. And um, so then my three months was up, so I had to go back to Australia, and I said to John, can you send me back, because I want to do a summer there. I want to, you know, and he said, oh, okay, so you take the next foot back, and I had a summer, and then um, five years later I come back. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's what you, it's what you, you learn about the horse and the people. And they, and they, the Americans are great learners if you just ask them. You know, they, you, you don't go over there and wave a flag and say, oh, I'm from New Zealand, we do it this way and this is the best way. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. So yep. you learn off them. And, um, uh, you know, by warming the horses up on race night and things like that, you get to see people, you know, the, the people, and you have a chance to talk with them. And... Um, you know, not to drop names, but d- different people that ask you things about New Zealand, you know, um, and how we have our horses, we let them go till a bit older and they, they last longer, you know, and, and yep. um, it, it, was, it was good, you know, and then all the different things and then with that shoeing, I was right into the shoeing of the trotters and um, I, I watched a horse come at me, I stood down the back straight at the middle, and I watched it, it had white knee boots on and I watched the horse come towards me and it was like two, watching the knee boots was like two perfect pistons and an engine coming at you, you know, they, yep. they were exactly and then when the horse went past they were like two perfect circles and um, I thought gee, have a look at that, you know and how good that's, it is. That's how and to then, get a horse shot, yeah, yeah, amazing yeah, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. And, and then nowadays with the change of the breeds the, the trotters actually, they, they go as fast as the paces were going then, and yet they've got a, like a, a slightly different action with the breed that um, if a shoe come off there now, it would be like a boomerang, you know, would just come about three or four inches off the ground, yeah. Yeah, incredible, incredible, Kev. Yeah. Uh, look, it'd be, great, it'd be great to sit down and have a chat to you for longer, mate. You've got some yeah, un- unreal stories. Um, and, of course, you're tied up with the Jimmy and Sandy Curtain barn, so I reckon there'll be a few stories out of there. We'll have to use those another day, though. Need to talk to you about Go your on, two mate. chances today. today. Now you've got Bolzano yep. in race one and Boarding Call in race number four. What's the best of those two? Oh, well, I, look, I go up there and I ask the trainer, I'll be uh, Mr. Edge, he'll tell me what he wants done with the horse for the first 50 yards, and then um, after that, leave it to me. And then yep. um, 
I'll see see what I do. But I ask them what they want done for the first bit, and then we go from there. And then, um, uh, oh, Matt, uh, Mr. Maddie Williamson, Maddie, he, yep. he, yeah, he trains that one. So I don't. To, to be honest, I haven't seen him take hold of a horse at the start that's drawn two. So. I'd say he might tell me to go forward. <laughs> You'll be going forward. But, um, yeah, exactly. Well, well, if he tells me, I will. If he tells me not to, well, I won't. But um, yep. it, it's, you know, these amateur races are great. I have a great thrill out of them. But I, I do what the people say, and I try to bring them back a horse after the race so they've got something for next time, you know. And that that's yep. all part of it. But, um, yeah, but don't take it that I'm not being competitive. I do come yeah, from Hornby. I know, I know that. When, if you, if, you go, if you ever worn a, a Panther Rugby League jersey, you know, you you got some heart. Well, I know a wee bit about that, and I know a wee bit about the Carmen Road Academy too, mate. But uh, really appreciate yeah. you coming on the show today, Kev. Wish you, you well today, right. and um, yeah, all the best. There he is, Kevin Good McClintock. Thanks, Rick. The man they call Chunky. If you wonder who Chunky's Corner or what Chunky's Corner's about at Addington, that's where the smoker is, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great man. He's a great man to have around uh, the Addington Raceway, and uh, as you can hear, he's got some uh, terrific experiences in harness racing. If you want to enter double eight double three our competition today, the code word is amateur because it's the final heats of the Amateur Driver Series. Incidentally, led by Michelle Northcote with uh, Mark Dunnett. Um, she's on uh, Mark Dunnett in the first race today. She's on 10 points. Uh, Barry White, who was successful at Addington on uh, Friday night with Shard's Fury, is on 7 points alongside Cherie Wig, who drives Shard's Fury, who's the favourite in race number 1. 12.25 the start time there at 3.80. All right, double eight, double three. your name, your TOB account number, and the code word amateur. Short break for us on the other side. It'll be the Southern Man segment where we'll catch up with Robbie Close, who has a strong book of drives, and Kyle Cameron. I'm a southern man And I'm so brilliant I got the south in my blood And I'm gonna be here Till I'm dead and well Yes, welcome back to SENZ Trot's Talk. This is uh, the Southern Man segment brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. The time we speak to our participants and try and help you out with a winner for today. Very successful horseman, as we know, is uh, Robbie Close, honing in on 500 driving wins. Uh, morning to you, Robbie. How you doing, Gregor? You right, mate? Yeah, excellent. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much for your time uh, this morning. I reckon on paper you've got a pretty strong book of drives today. Yeah, there's a few of them that are good, definitely good top three chances anyway. So, yeah, with a bit of luck, we'll be all right. All right, you're about an $8.50 chance to win the Drivers' Challenge. So let's whip through them. King Arthur in race number three, the Tenant Engineering Mobile Pace. This is, of course, John Coaster Hare uh, race day, where all of the races uh, are associated with his stable. A stable you've had good success with, and a couple of drives you've got for him today we'll get into shortly. But King Arthur looks a good chance. One thing we do know, Robbie... He can get off the gate pretty quick. Yeah, he can get off the gate pretty good. Um, he probably just didn't race it as up on the bit last start, so he ended up taking a trail, and he still got to the line pretty good. So, you know, if he races what he can do, and he'll he'll, he'll get forward early and be handy anyway. It's a twenty six hundred metre event today. He's predominantly performed over the nineteen eighty. Is that any concern the longer distance, or is it more about the type of run he gets? No, I don't think it'll worry him. He probably lacks that bit of high speed, so as long as we can keep bowling probably even quarters, you know, and try not make it a sit-and-sprint race, you know, um, yeah, he's definitely a good good chance anyway. All right, the perfect packaging pace is the sixth on the program. Uh, Philip 
and uh, Christine Smith, of course, Perfect Packaging, big supporters of the John Coaster Howe team, and uh, John has a, a really decent chance in this, I would have thought, with uh, Arnold Lane. Uh, he also has uh, Did You Shout the Bar in the race, but Arnold Lane's done some good things in only his handful of starts to date, and he gets a wide front row draw here, which should suit him. Yeah, it should suit him down to the ground, and, you know, hopefully we can pull this one off. Um be great for the owners because, as, uh, as you know, they're sponsoring the race as well and they own the wee horse I'm driving. So he hasn't gone bad race to date. His last start, he just put a long one in just when they, as soon as they sprinted, it'll probably cost him running a bit closer. So, you know, if he, if he does everything right and settles handy, you know, he's definitely, definitely one of the better drivers of the day. All right, he's the son of Vincent out of Happy Heidi that they've had good success with. So he's about a $6.50 chance. Um, is he the sort of horse that can not only win a maiden, but once he really understands the race of game, he can win a few more times, Robbie? Yeah, I definitely think he can. He's um, he's only a green wee fella. He, his trials before he started lining up at the races were very average, and he's got to the races and just gone improved a lot more. So... He's a horse that's going to be better in time, and he's only a wee fellow, doesn't know a hell of a lot, but whatever he does this prep, he's going to be even better next prep and the prep after. All right, you're into race number seven with He's a Jackalack, again for Coaster's team. A winner three starts back at Timaru, and the last couple of runs have been handy enough. What sort of chance is he today? He's a bit similar odds-wise, around the $7 mark. Yeah, he's just been getting too far back in his races, as long as he um, will be back off the front tape, so we should settle a lot more handier. And, you know, he's definitely a top three chance with the right run anyway. Ambleside drives your drive in race number eight uh, is a 7 or $8 chance. Uh, not able to win in 25 starts to date, but she's always there or thereabouts. What about today? Yeah, she's a very tricky horse to drive. Um, I tried uh, back to the leading up tactics last week, and she was a bit below par, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, with a with a cold shot at them, hopefully we'll be definitely there at the finish. All right, and Tom Brady, the last uh, we want to talk to you about today, this one for Matt Purvis. Uh, first up for him was second. Last start uh, finished in fifth or sixth position, a $15 chance today. Look, it's never easy off the unruly, but uh, it's a 2,000-metre uh, standing start event, so the key will be getting away, I suppose, Robbie. Yeah, his, um, his man has been pretty good since Matt's had him. Um, I drove him a few of the trials, and um, he said uh, he said try and make him gallop at the trials, which was one thing I couldn't do. So, And he's brought his A-game manners to the races, and just probably still hasn't been finding the line as good as what he should have his last start, but Matt's changed a few things around on him, and yeah, hopefully he'll be better for it. And you know, If he trots all the way, he's definitely not without a chance anyway. Hey, Robbie, what's the best for our SENZ Trots Talk listeners? What do you reckon is the best chance you have today? Oh, I probably couldn't go far away from Arnold Lane and King Arthur. You know, the, the way they've been going and the way the race is planned out, hopefully, you know, hopefully I can pull one of them off, and especially for Coaster, you know, he's, he supports me a lot, so, and those owners, you know, so it would be good to do one for them. All right, really appreciate your time, Robbie. Go well. Cheers, mate. Thank you. All right, there is uh, Robbie Close, man honing in on 500 wins. Now a chance to catch up with uh, Kyle Cameron, who's uh, very kindly joined us on the line. Morning to you, Kyle. How you going, Greg? Yeah, excellent. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much uh, for your time. Uh, the reason, main reason I've got you on, well, your team's racing really well, and 
been a bit of a flashing light on a couple that are going uh, around today. How many are you uh, doing? How many do you have in work? And, um, yeah, this time of year, if you can get a fit horse and a horse that likes to find the line, it's the right time to be lining them up. Yeah, yeah, no, a couple of them have been hitting the line really nicely. Um, we're working 15, probably got a race team of uh, seven or eight. So, um, yeah, yeah, like you say, if they're fit at this time of year, you can sort of race them through the winter and um, hopefully have some success. Hey, Kyle, before we get into your chances today, you drove Maloo, nice maiden winner last week for Nick Lalevra, horse that's got a bit of a future. Yeah, yeah, felt really nice at the trial, so I'm um, really pleased Nick um, stuck with me and uh, let me have the drive race day and um, you know she felt really really nice and um, yeah she does have a bit of a future I'm sure Yeah look and that's one of the challenge for a guy like you particularly when you've got your own team getting outside drives it's not easy is it? No no well I've been driving her at the trials and uh, a clash with one of mine uh, her last trial actually but um, he'd said that no he could, I could drive at race day so um, yeah that does prove sometimes it costs you a little bit when you've got your own team but that's um, just all part and parcel of it yeah of course it is let's get into your own team uh, today race number two Opawa Peak went round on Friday but just got things wrong yeah yeah he's he's a peak and he can be a little bit mentally weak um, he I put him in the mobile he, he has a bit of trouble off the stand sometimes so he's a little bit gets a, a little bit pacey before he'll trot so he's always been a little bit slow away so uh, I trialled him at the in a mobile and he, and he was good but uh, I guess first time uh, night trots fresh up it, it just um, he rolled off the gate quite quick but uh, yeah pretty quickly into a gallop too so I'd sort of foreseen that could happen so I, I, I um, put him in today as well in a small field hoping that if we can trot away um, he's got enough ability to be there um, just uh, manners are the big key for him. All right, he's a thirty-one dollar chance uh, in that race today. Wish you well with uh, with getting him away. Let's go to Starlight Gazer, who actually thought went pretty good the mare by Pegasus Spur last time, and can certainly pick up some money. Although again, it's it's never easy off the unruly, especially over the short course. Yeah, she um she went really nice first up, run second, and I took her to Timaru, and uh, I've had her in the same car her whole career. But she started hitting hitting the footrests and and got really keen and 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 just rolled into a gallop, and then I took her. So I put her put her further out in the cart, and she did the same thing at Eddington. As soon as the horses go past her, she um, wants to wants to charge, and so I put extensions on her for last start. Thought we had everything right, and as soon as they run past her early, she tried to do the same thing. So uh, we put her on the unruly to try and keep her out of the early bustle, just because um, I think she's you know she's trotting good at home and, and feels really good, and, and yeah, like you say, went nice enough after a gallop last start. But um, seven unrulies, we're, we're unruly one, so there's every chance we're going to be. She actually steps quite quickly, uh, could be uh, punching up the fence early, which isn't really where we want to be. So a little bit of a navigation to do early, um, to be fair. Yep, yep, definitely. $14, though, not without a chance. Uh, neither are the next two horses. Vanderbilt, race number six, uh, takes its place there and was excellent, I thought, first up. Gee, hit the line exactly the way you would have wanted with this three-year-old by Always Be Mickey. How's he come through that? And therefore, what's his chances today? He comes into the outside of the front row, which is probably not the worst draw either. Yeah, he, um, nah, he's so laid back, that horse. He's um, terrible track worker. If you work him on his own, you come in more tired than he does. And um, I always thought he's out of a better delight mare. I, I sort of expected he would lift race day and hoped he would, but you, you never quite know. And just the way things worked out, we had to punch into a 2,000-metre stand and... I was a bit, bit worried he'd get left behind early, and, and he sort of did. Um, he's a wee bit green off the tape. Um, 
but yeah, found the line really good. I think the two six should really suit him today. I was looking forward to being one the second row behind quite a sharp one of Bagrees, and um, uh, we've ended up yeah with scratchings and ending up the outside of the front. So he's, he's never that quick away. So he'll probably um, end up a wee way back. But yeah, he'd only have to hit, like, hit the line like he did last week, and he'd have to be thereabouts. You would think. Yep, and Style Council in race number seven's in exactly the same uh, sort of position because found the line beautifully behind Major Memphis last time, one off ten. So again, you're going to have to have your uh, your hands on today, mate, to get the right sort of run. But that performance last time, putters have come for it a wee bit today too. Um, he can definitely win a race in his next few starts. Yeah, I sort of thought he was my best for the week. He um, yeah, he felt really really good finding the line behind Major Memphis. Um, I um, I probably heard. The, the speed was not that quick in that race and I went to the fence down the back. If, perhaps if I'd stayed off following that, I, I might have run second or third to it, to be honest. Um, he, he found the line really good. So, um, yeah, I, I think one one of ten is not too much of a concern. I, I think it'd be a pretty good show in that field, to be honest. All right, so we don't need to ask you what your best of the week is then, or the day. Yeah, no, that'll be style council. All right, really appreciate you coming on Trot's Talk uh, today. Kyle, congratulations the way the team's going. They are racing very nicely, and I'm sure there's some wins there at short notice. Go well. Thanks very much, Greg. All right, there is uh, Kyle Cameron, uh, of course, uh, son of Ian and Jocelyn, and Ian's done a huge job over his entire career in harness racing. Kyle's uh, following on in his footsteps, that is for sure. Don't forget to enter our competition, double eight double three. text in your name, your TAB account number, and the code word amateur. Short break on the other side, we'll find out a little bit more about stables to stirrup. Welcome back in to uh, SENZ Trots Talk, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand for all your previews, news, reviews, video. It's all there, hrnz.co.nz. We thank them for the continued support of the show. And it's time now to catch up with uh, Hannah Doney, who's a part of the team at Stable to Stirrup, which we're going to learn a little bit more about now. Good morning to you, Hannah. Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. Thanks so much for making some time available uh, this morning and talk to us a little bit about uh, the organisation you're a part of, Stable to Stirrup, and it's essentially Mm -hmm. uh, how retired standard bred horses uh, find themselves in an off-the-track program and you guys uh, transition them into new homes and owners. That's exactly right. Um, Ethical rehoming is is what we do and we will help owners and trainers to retire those horses that are able to be uh, retired and rehomed um, so that they can have a life after racing. And it's an essential part of the sport and it's becoming more and more uh, prominent. People want to know where these horses are going when they do finish and organisations like yours uh, certainly are providing a pathway for that. Absolutely. And, you know, the the reason we started was to create a trusted channel for owners and drivers and trainers to have a place where they could see the journey for their horse to have the life after racing. Now, there are lots of rehomers throughout New Zealand that do a fabulous job. Uh, we're the only registered charity, and we really set ourselves up to support those rehomers initially. But what we saw was there was a bit of a gap in um, the ethical rehoming, if you like. So we have a very different process. We probably have a longer process than many rehomers, but that's because we've got a little bit more resource. So we'll we'll hold the horses until they're ready to be saddle broken. Um, they'll come into us, they'll be assessed, they'll have all of their veterinary treatment, farrier, teeth, feed, and we'll bring them down off their racing career, if you like, and they'll sit out in the pasture for maybe two or three months until they're ready to be broken in and then rehabilitated 
trained to have someone on their back and then hopefully sold. Yeah, well, it is all about rehoming them, and it's great to hear that you have a, a pretty stringent sort of process. Uh, all of the information about Stable Disturb is available online, and you guys are, are a charitable trust, so you, you, it's really difficult to get support, and, and I know you've run functions at Addington Raceway, and you, you're always looking for people to get in behind what is a, a wonderful service, and it, it's not about making a profit, it's about uh, being able to provide this service, uh, and, and you know, like I, I think anyone who's, uh, who wants to support a charity should, should just go online and check it all out there, because you guys are, are honing in on four figures, if you like, I think it said about 900 horses uh, in the time of being rehomed by state able to stir up uh, over a long period of time so um, this is this is not something that's going to go away this is something that you guys uh, are in it for the long haul look absolutely those 900 horses I'm just going to make a slight correction um, yep. were, were Canterbury rehomed horses and they right. were the real reason that we set up so that was done by an exceptional rehomer in Canterbury over a long 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 period of time and she yep. was part of the reason that we then did go you know what these people need help we need to create this channel, create an entity um, that people can trust, people can see, people can find, so that if they are making financial contributions or donations, A, because it's a donation that's uh, tax deductible, that's great, but also so that they can see where their money's going. And because we're a registered charity, all of our financials are public. So every year we release our annual statements. And people can very clearly see uh, that it costs us a lot more to run the trust than we actually get in financially. So on average, you're looking at $1,600 to $1,700 to turn around a horse that can then be sold for about 800 or 900 So there's a huge gap there. Yep, well, if you want to go online, you can check that out. You can also check out the trust horses that are available now, and I'm looking at one, uh, Fred, I think must be the stable name, yeah. Aspiring Gamble, <laughs> um, yeah. and yeah, he's got a lovely nature. He's a four-year-old, um, great all-rounder, it says here, and, and, and as you say, $1,200 uh, if someone wants to uh, to purchase him. So there is a big gap there, and we do appreciate it in our sport that you guys uh, go to such uh, lengths to ensure that not only the horses have a future after racing, but that they're well looked mm -hmm. after and that the person who's purchasing them is buying a product that uh, is easily uh, handled. Uh, I know that Carl Markham's yep. your chairman and uh, he's he a, a well-respected horseman in the Canterbury region, um, very good trainer and driver in his own right and of course he's part mm -hmm. of uh, the Stonewall operation. So, um, you know, you've got some serious people involved which will give people confidence if they either A, want to purchase a horse or B, support you guys. Look, absolutely, and we are moving forward with a new initiative in the coming year. So we've really slowed down this winter, A, from a funding perspective, but B, just because we needed to reset ourselves. We've had four years of learning, uh, and now we're ready to really hit the ground running, if you like. So we'll be setting up an ambassador program with a number of big names in the industry, which is great, um, who can come and talk to people, educate them a little bit more about what it is we do, how we do it, and why they should partner with us. And we're also bringing on some new trustees who are... Um, Strong, commercially commercially capable, um, very good fundraisers and uh, very much involved in the industry. So working with Harness Racing as well. Um, so we're really partnering with the industry to, to make this work. All right, sounds like really exciting times. Stable to stirrup, all one word, dot org. Go online, check out what 
they are up to, and of course, in last year's Harness Racing uh, Awards. Well, they were presented this year, but the 2022, uh, the contribution to life after racing, you guys were the recipient of that, and that was uh, certainly uh, well-deserved. Hey, Hannah, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for giving us an insight into what Stable to Stirrup is all about. I hope some people get in behind you. I'm sure they will, and if they want to know anything more, they need to go to that website. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on SENZ Trots Talk. Thanks very much, Greg. Pleasure. All right, that's Hannah Doney from Stable to Stirrup. If you want to find out more about them, go to stabletostirrup.org and uh, yeah, see what they're up to. They're certainly doing a wonderful job for the code of harness racing. Uh, speaking of that, if you want a $50 bonus bet, courtesy of our friends at the tab, 8833, your name, your TAB account number, and it is the National Amateur Drivers Series, which concludes today at Addington Raceway, races one and four. To find out our champion, currently in front in that is Michelle. Michelle Northcote, uh, she drives Mark Dunnett in the first, which goes at 12.25. Another short break for us here on Trot's Talk, uh, brought to you by HRNZ. On the other side, we'll catch up with Matt Peden from the Bookmaker's Desk and find out where the money is going today and also have a look at some of the futures that are available for you at tab.co.nz. In the home straight, uh, in your Trots Talk uh, program, last chance for you to enter the uh, text competition. It's the code word of amateur. Double eight double three. text us, your name, your TRB account number, and producer dude Robbie will uh, come up with a winner in about five minutes' time. Matthew Peden's had a bit of a spell, a bit of a holiday. A Queensland holiday's probably not a bad idea. He's back on track, though. Uh, Matthew, morning to you. G'day Greg, it's uh, good to be back and good to be back on the show this morning with you. Yeah, how was the Sunshine State? As you know, I'm heading there in a couple of weeks, so uh, I'm picking that it's um, slightly warmer than what we've copped in Canterbury in the last 10 days. Yeah, you get a bit of a shock when you uh, when you jump on a 6.30 plane and it's one degree in the morning and you, take, uh, you get off the plane in Brisbane and it's, uh, it's 25 and sunny, but... Uh, it is what it is, but um, <laughs> it'd be nice to have a week longer there, but uh, it's good to be back as well. All right, where's the money gone today, mate? Greg, there's, uh, there's two runners in particular that have been targeted by the punters, the first of which comes up in race number two, the Maiden Trot. Uh, Curator's been heavily backed for Matt Purvis and Ricky May, 360 into 210, and Hunter's been really confident that she can improve off her last start fifth behind Bet and Win a fortnight ago. Uh, second of the well-backed runners is in race number six, and it's probably the best, or is the best-backed runner of the day uh, in the former field major who debuts for Tom Baggery and John Dunn. Uh, we opened 8.50 yesterday morning, and it was pretty quickly snapped up and continued to firm all the way into $4 where it sits now and looks potentially uh, like it might even start shorter than that. So best-backed runner of the day, race six, number one field major. All right, John Dunn, Tom Baggery, Barrier 1, 2,600 metres. It's actually a decent maiden field, that, because uh, we've spoken to Robbie Close about Arnold Lane. Uh, Kyle Cameron has Vanderbilt, who was good. Uh, when he's back, the 13, I spoke to Andrew Fawkes at the races the other day, a son of Franco Ledger, really liked the way it's trialled, and Don Juan has been uh, well-backed, well, it certainly was well-backed last time at Addington a couple of weeks ago, and only a little horse, but Zachary Butcher drives for Matt Purvis. Uh, I want to talk to you about a couple of the Australian markets that are open. The Rising Sun, Leap to Fame, $2, The Lost Storm, $4, and then you go into the Blacks of Fate, uh, which is a couple of weeks after that. So the Rising Sun's run on the 8th, and the Blacks of Fate, Run on the 22nd. Leap to Fame 360 favourite for that. 
Better Zip It, who was second last night, seven fifty. Onalua Bay, $9. Spirit of St. Louis, who won last night at uh, Menangles, a $9 chance and was second in this race last year. Magnificent Storm from WA, $11 uh, ahead of Bondi Lockdown. And South Coast Arden, who was a pretty brave fourth last night at Menangle. So, yeah, leap to fame. There's every chance he'll go around in both of them. And the way he's going, well, you saw him go last time at Redcliffe. That was quite unbelievable just over a week ago. Yeah, horses don't often go that uh, in that sort of in that sort of uh, form around a around a trap like Redcliffe. But he was just dominant, and it's um, it's hard to see him getting beaten in. The rising sun, you would think, but in the Blacks of Fag, it looks like it might be right up his alley. And I think my advice to the punters would be, if you think he's going to win the rising sun and you like him, to, to, you like him as well in the Blacks of Fag, back him before the rising sun, because if he does win the rising sun, he won't be starting 360 in the Blacks of Fag. No, he won't. Uh, IRT New Zealand Cup market, a coup to $3.450, copy that. Same price, self-assured, and Old Town Road, a $6 chance. You also have the Dominion, the New Zealand Derby, the New Zealand Oaks, uh, and also a top three in the IRT New Zealand Cup uh, available. That market, I imagine, Matthew, is pretty stagnant at the moment? Yeah, not a lot of, of activity there, Greg. You've got uh, punters that are, are having multis, long-term multis, through, through runners they like every weekend with a long-term forecast to have a Hopefully a big uh, a big collect running for them on Cup Week, but uh, that'll heat up once we get the nominations. I think they're normally in August or early September and, um, and on from there. But we will look at rolling some more futures out in the spring in the next couple of weeks. I think we'll look to open the Vero Flying States in the next 10 days. And uh, once we get to August, we'll probably try and open, we will try and open the, uh, the side stakes for the two-year-old trotters, the harness million for the two-year-old trotters, the Trotting Oaks and Trotting Derby, and the Harness Million for the two-year-old fillies and the two-year-old Colts and Gelding. So plenty that'll be right, opening so up for punters to stick their teeth into. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we'll keep an eye on those. TRB.co.nz uh, for all of that information. Matthew, nice to have you back, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. No doubt we'll talk in the next uh, few weeks and enjoy your Sunday afternoon of action. Like I always say, around this time of year, you get your Friday night horses, your Sunday horses. They're lining up against each other. It's a good opportunity for the punters to get involved. Absolutely. You can play against those pools of horses that race each other. So all the best to the punters at home and, uh, and hopefully they can find a winner. Good on you, Matthew. Thanks, Greg. All right, that's Matthew Peden uh, from the TAB Sports Desk. Uh, Robbie, who's had a holiday himself and has been back a couple of weeks, um, who has ticked the box in terms of the bonus bet for today, producer dude? Bonus bet today. Um, so, someone's hurting. We're going down uh, get down to Hamilton with Ryan. Chiefs were robbed, he says on the text machine. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to give my opinion, but uh, he gets a bonus bet. Let's just put it that way. All right, $50 bonus bet. Congratulations uh, to you. Yeah, we won't go into the game too much, mate, but you've got to keep your players on the field. And uh, as one of my friends from the Waikato said to me this morning, yeah, but you had 16 playing for you. Mm, maybe we'll just leave that conversation to the boys during the week. That has been SENZ Trots Talk. Uh, producer Dude will be back next week. Michael Guerin's still a couple or three weeks away from uh, returning. Big thank you to our list of... Uh, participants today, Kevin McClintock and the amateur drivers, of course, Robbie Close and Kyle Cameron, part of 
our uh, Southern Man segment, uh, Hannah Doney, who talked to us about Stables to Stirrup, and of course, Matthew Peden from the Bookmaker's Desk. Uh, that has been Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. It's hrnz.co.nz, the best website, harness-wise, in the world. I'll talk to you again in seven days' time.